Hello. Oh, now we're recording. Now we're live. <laughs> I guess I could have looked at the little thing down below. All of a sudden it popped up recording. Yeah. Use those beautiful little eyes of yours. Right. You know how they work. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. This Uh-oh. gets in my way. <laughs> you need a little sippy straw. <laughs> I need one of those crazy straws. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know? It could even like have your name written in it. That would be so cute. That would be amazing. Yeah. I feel like that you're be, a crafty woman. That's why there's gotta be a market for that on Etsy. There's gotta be <laughs> somehow, you know? Right? Yeah. Right? They, you could oh my god. Think of all the markets you could tap into. You could get bride ones or right? bridesmaid ones. Right. I don't know. Those are the only two markets I know of. <laughs> Bridezilla ones. <laughs> 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 Well, hi, friend. <laughs> hi, friend. How are you? Just the two of us today. I love it. Little girls' day. Do um, yeah. Do we want to? Do we want to touch base on that? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. So, uh, welcome to Strange Like Me, friends. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you can tell, you are joined by your two favorite female hosts on Strange Like Me today, Kelsey Pfeiffer and um, Tina. McGurdy. <laughs> and one and only Tina McGurdy. <laughs> we have, uh, unfortunately, well, depending on how you look, right. at, look at it. Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, it's just going to be the two of us today. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Our dear um, comrade in arms is um, we've we've lost him, although temporarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, to the to the wilds of California. <laughs> <laughs> he read off way too many stories about uh, aliens and ancient aliens, and so the Men in Black had to have some words with him. Yes, uh, but we're hoping that they'll return him soon. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Rumor has it that he has our girlfriend with him. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, thankfully he's he's not alone. Right. So hopefully she's keeping him safe or something like that. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. So I think we should we should dedicate this episode to him. Yeah, we should. This right? is a dedicated episode to Crichton. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm kind of sad. I miss yeah, him already. I know. I do too. <laughs> I, I miss do that too. boisterous laugh of him. Of his. Of him. Yeah. <laughs> of him. You know, right. you know how my grammar gets after I have a couple glasses of wine. Well, you know, it is strange like me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Which, um, speaking of, what are you drinking today? I am drinking. Okay. Do you remember we went to um that fabulous liquor store and I got the apple pie yeah. Bailey's? Uh huh. I also got cinnamon creamer for my coffee. Um, that sounds amazing. Is it yeah. good? It it's it is good. Honestly, I feel like oh. Bailey's tastes better not in the coffee. 
But <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> right? You you have a couple but of for them. some reason it's frowned upon, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you have a couple of them though, and then it just it just doesn't matter. Oh. All right. Oh. Can you hear that? What was that? That's that's um that's oh god, now I gotta give him a code name too. Um oh, no. that's a uh, Pooh Bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not Pooh Bear. <laughs> is he overdoing work at your house? He is um oh wait. I'm talking about it's one wait. of my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I don't know what I thought. I think I thought you were referring to your dad as Pooh Bear. <laughs> oh, okay, no, I'm on the same page now. That is so funny. Um, no, that's um, the one that looks like a bear who is for some reason like growling at the back door now. And I'm kind of scared. Okay. It's all right. Um, sir, is everything all right? It's... um. I mean, the door's dead bolted, right? Yeah, <laughs> the worst that could happen. Let's just cover that. <laughs> no one in their right mind is going to be breaking into your home. That's all I know. No, all three of them are here. So that's a... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Nice try. Good luck. Robbers. Yeah, Pooh, Pooh Bear gets a little upset when he can hear, um, you know, wind or... Right. I don't blame him. I get really upset when wind happens, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any kind of inclement weather, I start getting all growly and huffly and puffly. Right? <laughs> I start barking at things. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I decided to bust out a nice little rose for us today. Ooh. So I recently became an adult and joined my first wine club or like became like member of a winery. Oh. And I joined Columbia, Columbia Winery in Woodenville. Very nice. So, anyways, this is their ganache rose. How is it's it? It's kind of shitty. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, but that's all right. It's no. all right, Columbia. I'm a member, so I feel like I'm entitled to say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, should we jump into it, my friend? Yeah. Okay. I've got a tale for you today. Oh, I'm excited. I'm real excited. <laughs> I'm giving a special shout out to Cry. I did this one just for him. Oh, Cry. All right, Cry. So <laughs> in your spirit, I am telling the tale. Okay. For those um, people who are skippers and are just like coming in now, they're probably going to think Crichton's dead. <laughs> like, oh my God, did I completely miss something? <laughs> Crichton, which we play along like he is, <laughs> right? Right. He's technically dead to us because he's on vacation right. and we're not. Yeah. So it's pretty much the same thing, right? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, today I will be telling you the tale of the sinking of the Titanic, or did it? <gasps> so. The tragic sinking of the Titanic has captivated the minds of many. We're all pretty familiar with the events of April 15th, 1912 Mm -hmm. uh, that lead up to the age-old tale. The horrific incident took the lives of 1,503 citizens, well-known millionaires, aristocrats, crew crew members, and of course, the fan favorite, Jack Dawson. Oh, (sighs) R.I.P. Love that guy. Yes. Um, The Titanic was the largest moving object ever fashioned by mankind and ironically enough was marketed to be unsinkable Mm. 
But what if I told you that the, the Titanic never actually sank that fateful April night? I'm going to present you with some pretty shocking and compelling pieces of evidence that allude to the theory that the Titanic may have never taken its maiden voyage at all, and that it is in fact the Titanic's sister ship, the Olympic, that sunk two miles to the Atlantic seafloor in a horrific and dark insurance fraud gone awry. (gasps) Ooh. Ooh. Have you heard of this before? No, I honestly haven't. (laughs) Oh, okay, great. Um, So... As some background, the Olympic-class ships is a term for the fleet of ships consisting of um, three different ships, the Titanic, the Olympic, and the Britannic. Um, These three luxury British passenger ships were built in the early 19th century by White Star Line, uh, which was a British commercial shipping line that was eventually acquired by J.P. Morgan. We all know that Mm -hmm. name, Mm -hmm. uh, who's an American banker. Um, So he acquired the ship line in April of 1902. Um, So the three ships, the Olympic class ships, were designed to be the most luxurious ships in the world. Uh, They were famed for their size and their speed. uh, And the fleet would cost roughly $7.5 million per ship to construct, uh, which in today's uh, money kind of nets out to be around $400 million per ship. Holy Um, shit. Very expensive boats. Yeah. Big boats. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, very lavish ships. They garnered the attention of a lot of high-class passengers that would take them on routes uh, berthing in Southampton, England, uh, and landing in New York of the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, this is where stuff gets a little sticky for Mr. J.P. Morgan. Mm. So, on September 20th of 1911, the White Star Line's uh, Commodore Captain Edward J. Smith took the Olympic out on her fifth voyage, where she was involved in a really devastating accident with a British cruiser called the HMS Hawk in Southampton. Uh, The collision was severely damaging to the Olympic. Uh, It tore two big holes in her starboard side, nearly capsizing it. Um, luckily no one was seriously injured or killed by the incident, um, but it was pretty devastating for the ship. Um, the Royal Navy, who was the owner of the HMS Hawk, uh, would claim that the Olympic was at fault for the incident, stating that her large displacement of water would cre- created like a, suc- a suction type thing in the water, yeah. uh, that actually pulled the HMS Hawk into her side. Holy um, so they claimed it was the fault of the Olympic, not that the HMS Hawk had like actually gone into her. Right. Um, yeah. So this kind of, um, started a bunch of like legal debate and issues, Um, And because of this, the insurance company that was covering the Olympic Mm -hmm. actually declined to pay out the White Star Line's claim, um, leaving that huge financial responsibility uh, to the White Star Line. So, again, to recap, that's around $7.5 million that they were out at this point that insurance wasn't going to cover. Right. Yeah. So um, another piece of background information that I think is important to point out. Uh, around this time period, the 18th and early 19th century, uh-huh. the shipping interest industry was really well known for blatantly overloading and overinsuring their vessels. Um, so the industry was consistently scrutinized for insurance fraud. Um, uh-huh. It eventually coined the term coffin ships. Um, so this was a phrase used to describe old or decrepit, uh, dilapidated ships that would be painted over and claimed to be new. Um, so that the, when the ship did sink, its owner could collect the insurance payouts. Holy um, shit. And, th- and this was like a common practice then. 
it was a common practice. Like a lot of shipping boats would do this. Like they had caught on to the fact that, you know, if they got insurance to um, take on their ship, they could just crash it and take the insurance claim. Right. Yeah. And kill so, hundreds in the process, but who cares? Yeah. Right. I guess that was a thing um, for not particular to these boats, but um, since this was such a common practice, a lot of, um, gosh, I don't, I'm going to call them seamen. I don't really know if that's what you call them, but a lot of seamen would, they would refuse to go on boats for this exact purpose. um, If they like got to the ship and saw that it kind of looked funky, Uh um, that they would think that it was planned to go down. And so they would refuse to board the ship. Right. Cause for anyhow, just, Mm-hmm. For a lot of them, wasn't it like a, it was like their creed, right? To go down mm-hmm. with their ship, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I would be like, hell no. Couldn't be me. You wouldn't catch me. No, no. no. <laughs> I'd be pushing babies out of the way to get onto that <laughs> lifeboat. There's no way. Yes, same. <laughs> um, so anyways, I feel like that's some important context to what we're going to talk about. Just given that this was a common practice in the same era, era, maybe a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. still kind of existed. Right. Um, so because of this, some people believe that due to the insurance company's refusal to pay for the Olympics damage, that JP Morgan needed to come up with a plan to pay for the Olympics astronomically sized repair bills. And it may have come by swapping the two identical sister ships, the critically damaged Olympic with the Titanic. Mm crazy oh okay my like ah okay (laughs) this is where it gets weird right i mean it's already weird but it's gonna get more weird yeah so there um are some there are some physical differences between the olympic and the titanic um other than that they're virtually identical um so let's talk about kind of the lead up to the um maiden voyage of the titanic Mm -hmm. So after the Olympic undergoes all this serious damage, um, they take about two weeks to perform perform kind of like a patch job just to get the Olympic at least like saleable to get it back to Belfast, Ireland. Right. Um, so this is the the moorage dock where the Titanic also lives. So anyways, they wanted to just get it back to Belfast where they could do some more serious repairs to it. Um, so once they patch it up, they get it to Belfast Uh, It takes upwards of six weeks instead of the originally planned two weeks to perform all of these um, uh, repairs on the Olympic. Right. Um, Because of this, it delayed the maiden voyage of the Titanic by three weeks. Um, So pushed it out from March 20th to April 10th of 1912. So first kind of red flag. It's a little funky to me that um, the repairs got pushed out from two weeks to six weeks. Like, why do you guys need so much additional time? Right. Well, also, though, hold on. Did wait did i miss something here how could the repairs on the olympic like have anything to do with the maiden voyage of the titanic because they had to completely halt the construction of the titanic okay to use those individuals to start repairing the olympic i see i see okay Mm -hmm. Okay. yeah so this timeline is really critical. So the timeline in which the um, Olympic and the Titanic, two near identical ships, were moored side by side in the Thompson dry dock for over three weeks while repairs and modifications took place. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the Titanic and the Olympic were truly swapped, this would have been the exact timeline that this would have taken place at. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And it would so, have been relatively easy for them to do so, especially for them being with them being side by side. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'll kind of get into the physical differences, but um, it would have been relatively easy to do this because um, at least from like a marketing standpoint, uh-huh. all the pictures were interchangeable. They would use photos of the Olympic to um, market the Titanic and vice versa. So no one really knew what the internal of the Titanic looked like mm-hmm. because they used photos of the Olympic. Um, and then, as I mentioned, like the externals were almost identical. So if they truly wanted to do this, it really would have been a matter of like switching the names on the boats um, and uh, flipping over like um, dishware, things like that into right. the other boat. So it would have been really, really easy. All right. Both ships are in the dry dock for over three weeks. Um, eventually, the Olympics repairs were made, um, but there were some irreversible pieces of damage to the Olympic that I think are important to note before we move on. Mm -hmm. So because of the damage uh, with the ship um, that happened in, oh my God, hold on. What the frick was it called? Ah, okay. So because of the accident with the HMS Hawk, Mm -hmm. uh, the Olympics keel was bent in the collision, giving it a permanent, uh, they call it a lisp, but I'll call it a limp for this. Uh Uh-huh. it tilted the ship to its port side permanently. It's not um, even uh, safe. I think it's like just slight enough where like you can't really tell, yeah. but someone who's kind of familiar with boats probably would be able to. Um, it's important to point this out because one of the ship's uh, passengers, his name was Lawrence Beasley. He was a second class passenger and a science teacher aboard the Titanic. Mm-hmm. He noted that the ship had a slight lisp to the ship's port side. Uh, this was confirmed by a couple other passengers as well. Oh so, my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we'll go over some of the physical key physical differences between the Olympic and Titanic to kind of differentiate the two. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll start with portholes. So archival photos taken during the construction of the two ships show that the Olympic was built with 16 portholes down its side, while the Titanic had only 14. Yet photos taken during the Titanic's maiden voyage depict the ship having mysteriously gained two portholes for a total of 16 down the side of the ship. And I'll show you a picture. Here is the Titanic. She has 14 portholes. Uh-huh. And here is her maiden voyage where she has 16 portholes. I know it's kind of hard to tell. But... So that's one important difference. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> okay. I'm, next I'm already convinced. Like you've, you've right? already convinced me. <laughs> it's so insane. Like the more you look into it, the weirder it gets. Um, okay. So next we'll move on to windows. Uh-huh. So very similar to the portholes. Um, photos taken at the time of the construction show that the windows on the B deck of the Olympic has unevenly spaced windows due to varying window sizes and room configurations, whereas the Titanic, on the other hand, was constructed with very large, evenly spaced, evenly distributed windows. Um, But again, photos taken at the time of the Titanic's maiden voyage show unevenly spaced windows similar to that of the Olympic. Um, I can kind of show you there, too. So the Olympic um, is at the top, Titanic's at the bottom, so you can kind of see, like, um, you've got like a variation of sizes in the windows, whereas the Titanic has all even ones. Right. Um, but 
let's see, at her maiden voyage. Ah, this photo is going to be hard to see, but you can kind of see that she's got uneven windows there on the B. Oh, deck. my God. <laughs> so that's that one. Uh, next, we'll move on to floors. So the Olympic was constructed with black and white checkered linoleum floors on the main deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the interior while the Titanic was carpeted. Oddly enough, just days before the Titanic's maiden voyage, J. Bruce Ismay, the chair of the White Star Line, ordered that the Olympics floors be carpeted. (gasps) Why would he do that unless to match the Titanic's interior? Um, Last but not least, as far as physical appearances, so... Photos taken during the construction of the Titanic show that the letter T in Titanic is halfway between two portholes. Mm-hmm. Yet photos taken during her maiden voyage show the letter T being directly underneath the third porthole. Um, this could be because when they replaced the names on the ships, there was additional portholes, and so it didn't line up correctly. Uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of your theory on that one. Um, so anyways, those are some of the physical differences that people have noted between construction and maiden voyage. Right. Um, so then we'll kind of move on to just some other like questionable pieces, questionable pieces that people point out about the Titanic. So, uh, once the Titanic was ready for her maiden voyage on April 10th, 1912, Mm -hmm. some of the Titanic's more noteworthy passengers mysteriously canceled their plans to board the ship at the very last minute. JP Morgan, the white star line, it's the owner Uh happened to be one of those people. He allegedly didn't board the ship due to health concerns, but witnesses later reported JP Morgan as being um, alive and in good health in France just two days later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know what? He had health concerns. He didn't want to drown in his insurance claim. (laughs) He was real concerned about his health. If he were to board the Titanic. Right. Uh Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. So a lot of people, can figure that that is him trying to save his own ass because he knew it was going to happen. Um, and then another kind of sketchy thing that he did was he had, I guess, seven valuable bronze statues on the Titanic uh-huh. that he had removed an hour before the ship was due to leave its port. So, like, I mean, why was he removing statues from the ship unless he knew that it was going down? Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So then... This one is a a fact that's a little weird to me. I don't really know what to think about it. But um, so there was one big boat in the same area as the Titanic once it started to go down. Uh It was called the SS Californian. Um, And today it has the name as the ship that watched the Titanic go down. Um, So once the Titanic started, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Going down, I guess. Right. Um, they started doing mayday calls and shooting off uh, alarms, everything like that. Right. Um, and the Californian refused to respond. They they saw the flares go off and the captain just refused to respond. Um, the other odd piece about this is that the ship left London with no passengers on board. I guess they reportedly only ca- were carrying blankets and warm clothes. <gasps> um, so the issue is like, why would the boat have left on a really popular route uh-huh. without selling tickets to any passengers? Um, so the sort of theory here is essentially that the SS Californian was sort of in cahoots with um, potentially JP Morgan. Yeah. 
Uh, so they sort of assume that JP Morgan might have commissioned the Californian to be on site when the Titanic started to go down. Um, and then the SS Californian was going to be on site to start collecting passengers from the Titanic. So the intent was never to kill passengers. Mm-hmm. It was definitely for the Titanic to go down. Um, but the plan was to have an empty ship the size of the SS Californian on site to start collecting passengers. Right. Um, Why else would it be filled with like blankets and warm clothes and, and nobody yet they had, they obviously mm-hmm. had to have a crew on board. Right. Which I guess um, what's odd about this is that, so I mentioned that they could see the flares going off. Uh-huh. Um, I guess the crew kept asking the captain like, hey, should we respond? Should we respond? And he would say, well, what color are the flares? They would say, oh, they're white. And then he would say, no, we don't need to respond then. So the other theory is that potentially he was waiting for a specific cue, like a red flare. Right. And because only white flares were going off, that he didn't respond. Um, Because it is really odd to me that he wouldn't respond to flares and SOS signals. Right. um, I do think that's a little peculiar. And then the other piece is kind of the rescue boat situation. Mm -hmm. So... The Titanic only carried a total of 16 lifeboats and four folding lifeboats. So this was less than half of the number required for the voyage. Uh, So this kind of feeds into the SS Californian theory. Like they intentionally didn't put um, a number or the appropriate number of lifeboats onto the Titanic because they were thinking that the SS Californian was going to be able to respond and pick up passengers. Right. it's a similar theory to the concept that they started initially sending lifeboats off half full. Mm-hmm. Um, and then only when they realized that the SS Californian wasn't showing up, mm-hmm. um, that they started filling lifeboats in total. So right. um, anyhow, these are kind of all the facts that I've put together that conspiracy theorists have put together to deem that potentially the boat that went down on that April day was not the Titanic, but it was in fact the Olympic uh, with the goal of JP Morgan cashing in his insurance claim on his busted boat. Uh, But unfortunately it went awry and all of the passengers were deceased. So that is the story of whether or not the Titanic did in fact sink. Oh my God. Oh my God. I am. Well, first of all, I am fucking mind blown because you know what? Kudos to internet sleuths and conspiracy theorists for looking close enough to this kind of stuff to figure these weird things out. Even the fact that there is like, so say, say no, it 100% was a Titanic. Even the fact that there is all of these weird similarities. That's, that's just wild to me. And question marks and like uh, differences between the two ships. Like, right. I, I don't know if if there wasn't something fishy going on. I just don't even know how people would pull this stuff up. Right. It, I don't know. Right. And just the fact that it was such a common practice back then to send a ship down. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's that crazy to think that. I mean, people have been manipulating insurance companies for ages. Forever. So, yeah. yeah. Like, someone as financially savvy as jp morgan Mm -hmm. do i think that he would probably try to con an insurance agency to get his money back yeah yeah (laughs) i do think that yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely especially yeah considering the um all the terrible damage that was done and that this was common practice and also Mm -hmm. like 
it just kind of all of the things really make sense to where it's like, you know, oh, they were saying, oh, she's unsinkable. We don't need to have these this. We don't need to even have lifeboats on it. Like, right. you know, all the different things. Right. And it's like, yeah, you just fucking put stuff on there for show because you thought your buddy was going to be right there, you know, to. Yeah load all your people to save away. all the passengers which from the perspective of the insurance agency when they're thinking of insuring an unsinkable ship like what could you think what would you think would go wrong right. like of course you're gonna insure it right um i don't know it just seems like the perfect crime i i gotta say though i imagine even you know i know we'd all like to think that of course you know he didn't want any of his passion passengers to die um yeah insurance companies still cover accidental death yeah that occurs so it's like even even if they did and the white star line got sued by their family members like their insurance would still cover it so it's still cover it i didn't even think about that so So yeah i mean even if he did have a backup plan he obviously wasn't that concerned about loss of human life because he would be covered at the end of the day right right Ah, here is one more point i would like to make okay let's hear it this episode is coming out on april 14th (gasps) are you freaking serious yes (laughs) <laughs> that's so weird i didn't even think about that you didn't plan it i did not plan holy it holy shit <laughs> that's so weird oh my god yeah yeah i love it even more now right we did this for you Crichton. yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh wait i do have to show you one more picture oh please do so there's a picture of the titanic at the bottom of the ocean uh-huh that they've compared to um the olympic Uh it's pretty creepy so the top picture is the titanic at the bottom of the sea Uh so they've enhanced it and this is a photo of the same side of the olympic during its construction and for comparison this is what the titanic looks like on that same side like those are different those are completely different window different windows yeah like oh that's the olympic that's uh, yeah 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 oh, i'm convinced so i'm completely convinced yeah if you want to go down a severe rabbit hole i got most of my sources from a documentary it's titled why they sank the titanic or was the the titanic it was an hour-long documentary and it was pretty in-depth um there's one other piece of evidence that I didn't really get into, and it's more along uh, the construction. So um, I guess when they did boat construction, like uh. each piece is like barcoded, I guess. Oh. Um, and so when they started doing uh, construction on the Olympic during that time and the two ships were moored side by side, they started using items barcoded for the Titanic on the Olympic. So, you know, theoretically, even if you went down to the bottom of the ocean today and started pulling off things from the boat that's at the bottom of the Atlantic, it would be barcoded as the Titanic, Uh but they would get away with that because they were utilizing the supplies from the Titanic to repair the Olympic. Like, I I mean, I can't say whether or not this is true, but the evidence is pretty compelling if you wanted to argue that. That's all I'll say that <laughs> yes yes mm-hmm. no i'm i am thoroughly convinced mm-hmm. I'm, me too what was this documentary on i i really want to watch it it was on youtube oh, i is? can send you the link to it i mm-hmm. yeah yeah i really okay. i'll send you the link to it 
even just you you had me convinced just by like when they were moored side by side i was like yep they did it right (laughs) and all they had to do was switch the labels are you kidding me yeah the perfect crime all all just (laughs) one big elegant fucked up ruse i would have loved to been a fly on the wall listening to jp morgan talk about this right like oh we gotta do it we gotta switch the boats it's the only way yeah (laughs) yeah crazy well god seriously like my i have loved the story of the titanic ever since Mm -hmm. i you know as a young child i had to go and swap out the vhs tapes because you know it came on too um of course i have loved the story of the titanic i went to the titanic exhibit in vegas (gasps) Did you? I sure did. It's so cool. It was what they have there. So cool. Well, they had like um, like well, it was actually really fucking sad. They had uh like people's shoes and belongings and stuff that they pulled from the sand at the bottom of the ocean. Like actual artifacts. Like their actual artifacts. Yeah. <gasps> and then a holy crap. So like they'd have it there. They had uh. So you know what? Like uh uh oh uh, shit. It's a dirt germ. Oh my god, I can't even talk. I need to quit drinking Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> right? It's uh God. Now all I can think about is old Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Only one person could have saved the Titanic, and it's old Greg. It's old Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um. It's like German potatoes. Uh, oh, um, um, uh, au, au gratin. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. they yes. they have like the special dishes to make those potatoes, right? They're like au gratin right. dishes. Well, anyways, it was uh-huh, like uh-huh. a bunch of those that they found just like lined up in the sand that like it just like fell off of a shelf into the fucking sand, and they have uh-huh. them literally sitting the way that they found them, like in a in a little box in like bucket of sand or something and then up above it was the picture of it at the on the ocean floor oh my fucking god yeah that is like the creepiest because can't you take tours of the titanic shipwreck i think that like you today? can now oh my gosh that is like i don't even know if i would want no. to do that i feel like it would be too surreal of an experience for me right right with how many people like, died there i mean don't get me i find it yeah. a very interesting thing and you know i'm glad i went to the exhibit but um i feel like part of it like the exhibit you know it's like yeah people always think about the titanic and it's like yeah the movie and stuff like that but just like very very like uh, makes you like realize yeah. it makes it into context like this actually happened right. these were human lives right you know yeah. right i think that's the part that is unfortunate about the titanic is the movie sort of romanticized the incident yes. when a pretty horrific pretty horrific incident a Hum- yeah. lot of human life was lost i don't know right yeah right i could still see that i'm sure totally that exhibit agree. was very like surreal yeah yeah very surreal um it was very well put together that was very well curated so i mean I'll, oh my god i'll say that for them but um crazy yeah yeah i can't imagine ever you know wanting to go down to the titan i mean don't get me wrong i think it'd be cool to like go on a submarine you know but yeah that would be cool i yeah 
I don't know. I believe in like good and bad energy. I believe being respectful mm-hmm. of the dead. Um, yeah. You know, it's like they're not show ponies. Like for some of them, like exactly. that's, that was that's their resting place. Like, yes. And that was they were real people. That was real trauma they experienced. Right. Like it's not a ticket to Disneyland. Right. I don't know. I do. I do. I feel very weird about the fact that that's being turned into a tourist attraction. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. That was one thing I did want to mention. Like, as I present all these details, I want to have so much respect for the dead. Like, if this is definitely something weird that was just dug up on Reddit, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I hate to give it too much credit. Um, there was some pretty compelling evidence, but I want to have so much respect for for the deceased right. while I talk about these topics right. for sure. Right. I I don't really question it that much. It's like you. I don't really either. Like the, every every so often there's those conspiracy theories that are like, I don't even think that's a conspiracy theory. Like, I think that's just true. That's and true. we as a society are not even ready to like open that door yet. Right. right. <laughs> yep. Maybe in a hundred years, society will be like, oh yeah, no, JP Morgan definitely sank the Olympic and not the Titanic. Right. right. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. So weird. Wild. Absolutely wild. Oh. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Anytime. I wish Crichton would have been here for this. Right. He'll have to just listen to it on the pod, you know? I know. This will be like the first time that he'll ever listen to our podcast and not know. Not be part of it. Right? Oh, so sad. We should do a separate episode of like Crichton reacts to Strange Like Me. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Where he can provide commentary separately. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Uh, all right friends well thanks for joining us for a girl power episode of strange like me we hope you enjoyed yes yes thank you and we hope you stay strange stay strange bye bye